You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Running Thursday, July 5th through Sunday, July 8th at picturesque Birds Hill Park, Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Michael Elves, host of Thank God It's Free Range, and this episode spotlights Gabrielle Schonk. The bilingual Chanteuse released her self-titled album on Universal Records last year to great acclaim and has been touring and opening for the likes of K.D. Lang. Gabriel Schonk will be performing at 3 p.m. on Sunday, July 8th at Little Stage. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. You've got a habit of using people. You get what you want, no matter what the cost. You've got a habit of using people. You seem in control, but inside you're lost. You play your games with no rules and no sense of respect. You live your life like a joke and a self-centered jerk. You cheat and lie, causing pain with no thought or regret. To change your mind, then you drain. Yeah.
All right. Well, her self-titled debut album, Gabrielle Schonk, she brings it to the Winnipeg Folk Festival at Birds Hill Park, and she joins us on the line. How are you doing, Gabrielle? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. I want to kind of like back things up to your your kind of origins in music, because as I understand it, your your father was a musician, yeah. and you you ended up going to to school to study music as well. Uh, like, at what point did you realize music was kind of going to be a career or like your vocation? Um, I've been, I think like music was definitely one of my first loves. Like I've been passionate about music since forever, I guess. Like as far as I can remember, I've been passionate about music, about singing. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, my dad's a blues musician. And so I grew up in a very musical household and, um, yeah, I guess after high school, there's that point I grew up in, in the, the province of Quebec. So we have, a um, a thing between high school and university that's called CGIP. And so when you end high school, there's this point where you're like, okay, what do I want to do with my life? What do I want to go study? Um, and so I was obviously playing music and already writing songs at that point. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was a turning point where I was like, okay, this is really what I want to do with my life. Like, um, there was this moment where I wasn't sure of which program I wanted to choose. And my dad was like, well, what have you been passionate about forever? Like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? What do you love? And, um, the question to that was like, no doubt was music. So that's when I kind of decided to go study music and yeah, I guess it kind of, my career choice kind of started there, I guess. And there was like a bunch of twists and turns to everything, but, um, the, the conscious choice of being like, okay, I want, really want to try and give this a shot was about around about that time. I guess I was probably like 16 or 17 or 18, something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, the decision to go into to study jazz, was that yeah. like specifically because of kind of like the, the fact that like either classical or jazz, there's kind of like an academic stream for those two or... Exactly. That's kind of what happened. It's either like you study classical music or jazz. Um, I had, before going to study jazz, I had kind of no knowledge at all about the music. Like I grew up listening to blues and stuff like that and like derivative things. But I had never really like given the time to like pure jazz at that age, I guess. And um, I kind of made sort of like a blind choice to do it. And it honestly became like a very, it was, I became very passionate about jazz for some reason. It resonated so deeply with me and it it was, uh, yeah, it played a huge, huge part and played a huge role into my musical life and education. So I really kind of fell in love with that style of music. One of the big things in in jazz is like, you know, sort of breath control and phrasing and, and sort of like the, like, voice as a as an instrument no different than the saxophone or or the trumpet yeah did that affect kind of like how you perform now like i mean obviously you're not playing jazz but do you because sometimes i feel like some of the songs kind of have a bit of uh like jazz phrasing to them like raindrops especially yeah yeah definitely i mean um if 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 anyone says that to me it's a compliment because i i really love jazz and i love the way uh singers approach singing jazz and um yeah, I guess there's that whole kind of, I was, the whole kind of side of, like, improvisation of, like, trying different ranges and colors in your vocals and and that whole kind of side of, like, um, how being smooth in jazz is, is nice and accepted, if that makes any sense. 
um, other than different styles of, of singing. Like in folk music, we have that as well, which I love where um, things can be vocally simple and you focus on the story. And so I guess um, in jazz, there's obviously that whole kind of uh, very performance, musical performance uh, or like skills that are focused on but like if you look at old school singers like I'm a big fan of Billie Holiday Mm -hmm. so her whole approach to jazz music was like the phrasing the feeling like connecting with the music and yeah just being very musical and her approach to to singing jazz standards standards and being very creative throughout that so I feel like that's what really that's what I really kept from my whole jazz experience and that I yeah, I kind of do without kind of noticing now because it's kind of imprinted in me. Um, but yeah, I guess that that's probably the colors that come through and that have sticked with me. Yeah, I read an interview you did that you, you write the music first generally when it comes to songwriting. So then does that kind of tie into that in terms of like the, the melody line has a feeling and you're trying to kind of convey that first? Yeah, that's actually exactly how I kind of work, I guess. Um, I feel like I'm a musician before a lyricist. Um, and also I co-write a lot of music as well. So I feel like my, my whole thing and kind of obsession, I guess, is with melodies. So yeah, I kind of, yeah, I really go for melodies that resonate and that make me feel something. And that kind of often inspires the lyrics or where the lyrics are going to go. And, um, yeah, it's not necessarily the most efficient way to do it, I feel, but to me, what makes it's what yeah it what makes songs feel complete the whole kind of relationship between the lyrics the melody the chords and like how they all melt together and fit together so <clears throat> the the music on on your your debut record as i understand it, it was like a three-year writing process it wasn't all kind of like in one fell swoop were no, there, were there yeah. songs that you kind of wrote and you were attached to but just didn't work with the context of the record or like was it just kind of refining the songs that are on the record yeah well what happened was um when we first started the whole process i sat down with my producer simon and uh yeah he's like okay what songs do you have like what songs do you like and um like for example habit was a song that i had been carrying around for a while already and it was it was completely different Mm -hmm. it was like jazzy and um it wasn't even the same. It was like in four, four more technical terms. Like it wasn't even that, that, that six, eight sort of feel to it. Um, and so I brought that song and I'm like, I really like this song. It's just not like, it doesn't feel like me right now, how it is anymore, but like, I really love the lyrics and the melody and the meaning and everything. And so we kind of sat with a bunch of my songs and, and recycled them. (laughs) If that makes any sense, like not to diminish them at all, but, um, we kind of just, yeah, took these songs and I was like, okay, what do I like about this? How can we switch it up so that it feels more, it felt more up to date where, where I was at artistically at that time. And so, so yeah, we, it was kind of a melting pot of writing new songs, um, visiting stuff that I had, I had been carrying around for a while and kind of bring it, bringing it up to speed to where I was artistically at that time. Yeah, no, one of the things I read was that the, the final track on the album, uh, Pas Plus Sans Moi, is uh, you did multiple versions, one where it was 4-4 four, four and 3-4 time, and one in yeah. English, one in French, Yeah, that like you kind of <laughs> wrestled with, like, you know, 
did you know that that was going to be the album closer and were you kind of like wrestling with how to finish off the record or was it just Honestly, that one song yeah it was just that one song it, it it wow it had so there were so many versions of that song and once again it was kind of how to like portray yeah just i i always have this this goal of like when i start a song i don't throw away many songs like maybe my process will change throughout the years but now i'm like i kind of have that kind of need to just make a song as good as it can be every time. Like, so I guess that's what happened with Papu Samwa. It was like, okay, I really like this. We can do something with it. Let's just like switch it around as much as possible and, and just feel and see what feels right at some point. And no, I had no idea we would close off the record with it. I think it kind of came with, um, there's, there are horn arrangements in that song, and it kind of ends on the horn arrangements. So I feel like it, it was kind of a natural fit to like, okay, this, this will end the record really well, like super kind of, um, yes, yeah, kind of simple. And it was like a nice outro, but we didn't even know at that point in the, in the whole process of, of transforming the song that it was to uh, end the record. So when it came time to decide, you know, track order, then how conscientious yeah. were you about like, it's like free is kind of like a mission statement almost for you in terms of, you know, like where you're at in life. And then you yeah. have the two of the, the, the French language songs are in kind of the middle. And then you close yeah. with another French song. Like it feels like there's some sort of like idea behind how you employ or dish out these songs. Oh yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, we did put a lot of thought into the track order for me, it's important. I like I like buying, like I like listening to whole records. There's a whole. I love listening to singles and stuff, but I love like listening to record from A to Z and that whole kind of relationship between the the yeah the relation between the songs and how they're put in order. I feel like yeah, to me it was important that that made sense somehow. So I guess free was always like a no brainer for me. It was like this is the song that's going to open the record um it just made so much sense because of the way i guess it's an open tuning because of the intro it just has like this whole kind of openness to it which i loved for like opening a record and it's also the first song that i ever worked on with my producer simon so it kind of made sense it was like the starting point of this whole process for me i was like okay i want to put it first on the record like this is where it all started our whole kind of working process together it it just made perfect sense to me. And then after that, I guess, um, see, now I can't even remember the order of the songs. But H Habit yeah, is next. Habit is next, yeah. I've, it's good question. I don't know. I just sat down and I was like, okay. I And I tried it. Like, I put the songs on, like, my iTunes, and I would switch them around and listen to how they would, um, yeah, how they would come one after another. And, yeah, I kind of tried it around. But I think we were all very... Um, on the same page about the order of the songs that we finally chose and that are on the record. It was kind of a natural fit to everyone. You mentioned that, you know, there was kind of like a jazzy version of Habit before. Yeah. And I first heard the, the like record version in like the spring of 2016 on SoundCloud. Like it was like the only thing you had up at that point. Uh, yeah. Was that just because like that was the one you had done at that point or was that kind of to be like the first Gabriel Schonk music out there? Like, yeah. Um, my record was completely done at that point. It was like mixed and mastered mm. um, at the spring of 2016. And 
um, I was approaching a bunch of record labels out in Montreal. I live in Quebec City. And um, and so, uh, yeah, I didn't get, like, negative feedback or any positive feedback. It was, like, no feedback at all. So I had all, I like, self-produced this record and self-financed it and stuff. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do with this? So uh, once again, I sat down with my producer, Simon Pedneau, and he was like, well, you know what? No one knows, like, what you're doing. No one's ever heard you. No one... Everyone knows you're working on this record, but no one knows what it sounds like. So why don't you just, like, release a song? Like, release the first song and see what happens, and then, like, you, you'll you decide on if you continue going indie. Maybe then you'll get some interest from record labels. So I was like, okay, yeah, cool, let's do that. And to me, like, Habit was a no-brainer. It was like, this is the first song I want out. It was my favorite song. It's still one of my favorites. Um, I just felt like it was a very strong song, and it really kind of put who I was as an artist and a vocalist out there, mm-hmm. kind of on the first listen. So, yeah, we went on, and I, I asked my friend Dragosh to make the music video, and we released it, and it was very, very, very exciting after that. <laughs> now, you did end up uh, eventually landing on Universal. You you met with Jeffrey Remedios for a dinner, as I understand it. And yeah. it I mean, he was one of the co-founders of Arts and Crafts, and... Yeah. In another interview that I saw, you said your dream collaboration is Feist, and obviously that's a you know arts yeah. arts and crafts alum. Was that like in the back of your head? Um, honestly, like, um, yeah, I never even thought I would get to like meet Feist or anything. It was it really wasn't kind of. Um, it's funny because I sat down with Jeffrey, and I knew yeah I knew his whole told me about his background story with arts and crafts and stuff and I was like it was there was an instant connection with him for some reason because obviously he worked with all these amazing bands like like they grew they they developed Feist's career and and Broken Social Scene and all these artists that I've been listening to forever and looking up to forever so I really felt like we sat down and he just totally got me as an artist and where I wanted to go with this Mm -hmm. so it was very yeah, it was just like, yeah, there was just an instant connection and like a natural fit to working with Jeffrey. And uh, yeah, because the fact that I was like, oh, well, like these are careers that I admire. So he probably kind of knows how to do these kinds of things <laughs> since he he kind of um, accompanied these artists throughout their, their careers from the beginning, I guess. Has an understanding of the trajectory that you could achieve then. Exactly. Yeah, he kind of knew. He he kind of knew without me explaining where, what I wanted this to be like, what I wanted my career to be like, or where I want it to go. For example. Right. Now the record was done in 2016. Universal released it last year. Are you already working on a sophomore for? I am. I'm actually. Um. I'm. I don't know like what form everything is going to take, but I'm. I'm writing new songs. I feel very. Um. Yeah. I'm in a nice period where I feel kind of creative and I kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to put out new music already, even though it hasn't been that long since the record's been released. Um, I'm just feeling really inspired and creative these days. And I kind of want to, yeah, just get some, get some new music out and uh, hopefully release it to, to everyone else as well. No, so we'll see. Sorry, with the record under your belt, do you see a change in your songwriting? Like, do you feel that you've developed as a songwriter subsequent to that? 
Um, yeah, actually, it was so it's it's been such a crazy ride since the since Habit was released that I had not been writing songs at all. Like, if I'm honest, like I hadn't written a song in like a year and a half or two years, probably. Right. No, I'm exaggerating. Maybe like a year and a half. So I was terrified to go sit down and write songs because I was like, oh, maybe this is just like a one-time thing and I have no more, nothing left in me, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I guess a lot of people probably go through that. But I have a lot of collaborators. So, And um, Jesse Caron, who plays guitar as well on my record, is one of my longtime friends we've been we started playing music professionally together so and it's been like 10 years this year like we're celebrating our 10 years of friendship and working together and um yeah he's just like a creative machine and so he really I'm really kind of thriving off of him right now <laughs> and like we're throwing ideas back and forth so I think like we're he keeps me very motivated and um he's given me like this sort of uh I guess that something else will be able to come after this, if that makes any sense. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so I've noticed I've been following your, your Instagram stories. You've been playing some festivals with other uh, Francophone artists. The, there's, yes. like, you know, Safia Nolan and uh, Mary oui. Pirit Arthur. There's yeah. a really, like, strong contingent of, of young uh, Quebec artists who I think are, are phenomenal. Uh, like, yeah. is, do you... Is, is there like a community of these people? Like, do you kind of talk to each other as artists and, and share your kind of like road stories? Or is this just kind of happenstance that you're all landing at the same time? Yeah. Um, it's funny because Safia Nale and I have known each other actually for a while. So like before her album was ever released or anything, I kind of, I was a fan of her work. And so it's funny because I kind of watched her career um, pan out and I'm so proud of her and, it's so well, like, I'm such a fan, so to me, it's, like, so well-deserved, and, like, you look at those things go, and you're, like, I had no doubt about that, like, she's so good, and, like, you just want everyone to hear her, and stuff like that, and artists like Marie-Pierre Arthur, who I've looked up to, like, forever, she's just, like, uh, she's been an inspiration of mine ever since I first heard her first record, I just think she's so amazing, and it's funny, because I just, like, I was on a TV show with her, I think, two years ago, and she welcomed me with, like, open arms, and I guess we've become friends ever since. So, yeah, there is a strong community of artists in Quebec, in Montreal, and, um, yeah, I think, like, we really stick together, and it's fun. It's fun to be able to share that with other artists, too, because, you know, you go through all these things, and it's like a roller coaster ride, and it's it's fun to have nice, good, genuine friends that, go through kind of the same process or merely the same things to kind of bounce these things off of and and yeah just talk about stuff it feels it feels good to have people understand that and share that and so I feel like it deepens it it gives you easier connection and connections and friendship and stuff but yeah a bunch of the 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 women that were on the show were actually already good friends which was really nice because you're like oh yay we get to be on stage together Mm -hmm. um in this random sort of contact with them, not knowing we already have a connection and stuff. Did you get a chance to talk to them about kind of the lull in songwriting? Is that something that they've faced or talked to you about? Yeah, well, um, good question. Yeah, I, I talked to a few people about it, and um, I guess I'll be at the Folk Fest with my friend Matt Holowski, and Matt is great. We've become really good friends, and so I think he's in the process of writing stuff, so we always kind of 
talk to each other about that kind of the blank page and stuff and how yeah but um yeah i should open up to my friends see more about that see how they've done with their first second record and etc sure <laughs> so gabrielle before we go i want to get you to pick a track off of the record that we can play for listeners and if you have a reason why you're okay. picking that song in particular or an anecdote about it i'd love to hear that ha 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 um uh, i think i pick raindrops yeah, I picked Raindrop because uh, we just released, well, just released a few months ago, we released a new music video for it, and I just love the music video so much, so I was like, I'd be like, oh, hey, listen to the track, if you like it, you can go watch the music video, but it's also one of my favorite tracks off of the record as well, and um, yeah, I just kind of like the edge it has to it, and the meaning of the song to me feels kind of timeless as well, and yeah, so I really just hope that people enjoy that track. Well, hopefully people enjoy that one. Uh, I am very much looking forward to seeing you at Birds Hill Park at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Gabrielle, thanks very much for taking some time to talk Thank to us. Thank you so much. Thanks for your amazing questions.
Gabrielle Els, and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting Gabrielle Schonk, who will be performing on Sunday, July 8th at 3 p.m. at Little Stage at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com. And be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 5th through 8th at Birdsill Park. <laughs>